welcome back to Grit I Gamble, the only podcast that puts its money where its mouth is. I'm your host, Rich Ryan, and I'm joined by two members of the collective, Donnie D.P. Peters and the resident moose himself, Mo Nuwara. Brett, out sick. Got the text this morning. Very professional. Quote, sick AF. End quote. That is a direct quote from the disciple. But I have his picks. I have his top pick. I have his lone lone wolf. And we'll go from there. You guys got to pick up the slack. Mo, you ready? You ready to shoulder the load? I guess not. You said power plant. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) While we were uh, chatting before the podcast, it sounded like Mo was coming to us from the power plant in Springfield. Just radiation emitting from his body. There it is. If you guys can hear it. Sounds like he's, location, though. He's, he's, Portland. he's inside a refrigerator coming to you live. DP, what about you? Are you ready to shoulder the load? I'm ready to shoulder the load. Coming in here, 0-5 on the Patriots. I love it. Oh, my God. Did you eat a pack of cigarettes before recording? We're in trouble, guys. Yeah, baby. I was at the Vegas Knights game all night screaming. Well, there we go. We got no Brett. We got Mona refrigerator. And we have DP with no voice. We're in trouble. Oh, and five. Here we come. Last night, I feel like is hopefully not indicative, but I have a fear of the week that is. All of us had real trouble with this card, and yet we come out with seven consensus picks. Eight, if you include last night. We were all on the Colts plus ten and a half, but as I tweeted, not with much conviction. That was a gun to our head. We have to make a pick. And we all just ended up picking the same side. Consensus picks have been good so far uh, on the season. We are 14-7-3, good for 64.5%. That includes last night's loss. But this seemed like a tough, tough card. Hopefully, though, we can trust the collective. Before we get into the split games, Lone Wolves, and then subsequently the picks, I want to remind you that we are presented by Sharp Side. If you are an iOS holder, you can go to the Apple Store. Please download the SharpSide app. You can make all your picks, track your friends' picks, track the leaderboard, leave some advice. If you think you have a beat on the game, SharpSide in the App Store. Go ahead and download that and check out SharpSide.com. Very happy to be part of the Rotogardens family. If you are new to this program, welcome. Uh, Quick lowdown, we are in. The Las Vegas Super Contest. We're trying to win $1.4 million. Each week we have to pick five NFL games against the spread. There's four hosts, normally. We all pick one game, and then the fifth and final pick comes from our aggregate, the collective machine. For those that are not newcomers, welcome back. Hope you enjoy the show. Uh, one thing, if you are listening on SharpSide.com or some kind of web browser, we do invite you to subscribe, rate, and review that Definitely helps us out. All right, let's get into the picks. We have one split game, and it is probably the ugliest game on the slate. Well, there's probably one more game that's really ugly out west here, but this is Titans at Bills. The Bills in the Super Contest are a three and a half point home dog, but as of last night, the line moved all the way up to five on Pinnacle, 70% of the public on the Tennessee Titans, the road favorites. And we, as I noted, have a split in this game. Nobody has more conviction than DP, who is taking the home dog and has them in his top five. DP, you are a Buffalo native. Tell us why you love Buffalo in the spot. I just think uh, this line should be a little bit closer to, I mean, in the Bills' favor, put it that way. Um, Round... Uh, minus two, minus one and a half. Uh, I just feel like people are overrating and this Titans team a little bit. I mean, I like them too. We talked about it on the recap pod. We're going to be able to find some spots going forward uh, where we can find some definite value on them. I just think that we're getting a little bit too high here. They got to go on the road. Buffalo is a tough place to play. I know the Bills aren't that good, but 
I just I really like the home dog here getting three and a half. I think it's a really good line uh, to to grab. Um, that's why I have them rated so high. I just, you know, the the, the Titans have, have done well to, to get some wins these past couple of weeks, but they haven't really done well in terms of putting up points on the board. And I just, I'm a little bit worried that they're not going to be able to score at all, even though the Bills aren't that good. And I, I feel like Josh Allen's getting a little bit better every week. So I think this one's going to be a lot closer than people think and certainly close enough that I am happily, very happily going to take three and a half here. Mo, you two have the Bills, but you have them very close to the bottom of your rankings. Let me guess on your analysis here. Right side in terms of home dog, road favorite getting all the action, but this line compared to what is going on in real life, just not good enough, right, Mo? Yeah, I mean, look at the move. Donnie, you don't care that this is like five now? Well, I did my capping yesterday very early, so... What am I going to do, man? Oh, you don't give a shit about us. Yeah, he had to go eat. I, I can't change my stuff, man. I put it in there. I'm going to stick to my guns. You're going to be a bear, be a fucking grizzly. Let's go. He had to go to T-Mobile Arena and shovel Virginia Slims into his face. I mean, the the Buffalo D definitely seems to be like waking up uh, and maybe being the unit. I thought it could be before the season. Um, they forced a pretty bad performance from the GOAT, Aaron Rodgers. Um, 22 of 40 in that last game and this Titans offense worries me I actually really want to like the Bills here Uh, I feel like the line should maybe be 3 here just a flat 3 makes a lot of sense to me but once the market says otherwise as vehemently as it did I have to respect that and just stick this at the bottom yeah I clicked Titans and put it at the bottom Two out of 14, to be exact. The injuries for Tennessee have almost forced their offense to play optimally, if that makes any sense. So when Rashard Matthews, he has this phantom injury and then leaves the team, and then Delaney Walker goes down, they almost have to funnel targets to Corey Davis and Taewon Taylor, who I love personally. So I think that's kind of helped them out. Of course, Marcus Mariota getting more healthy as the weeks progress, that owner nerve injury is something that it really affects you at the beginning and then it, it doesn't get worse with playing if anything the nerve just continues to repair itself so he's getting more feeling in his hand as the days pass uh the note that i wrote here was in real life i would be trying to bet real american dollars on buffalo at the biggest number but with this movement i don't love the three and a half so at five love the bills at three and a half in the super contest when i know if i pick them it could affect the consensus pick and get us on the card. Like, I just don't want Buffalo at this number near our card. Some injury concerns as well uh, for both sides. Kenny Vaccaro dislocated his elbow last week against the Eagles, and Wesley Woodyard hurt his shoulder. Uh, Vaccaro seems to be definitely out, and Woodyard is trending towards out. He has not practiced this week for the Titans. And then in that Bills secondary, Micah Hyde left the Packers game with a groin injury, and his backup, Raphael Bush, uh, was hurt as well. Neither has practiced all week, which would leave something called Siren Neal and Dean Marlowe to play safety next to Jordan Poyer, uh, which is no good for the Bills. So injury concerns on both defenses, a stinky number. Uh, I took the super donk side and put this at the bottom brett did have the titans as well and he had them pretty high above the middle of his card he did not give me any notes for that so we will move on to the lone wolves only one split game this week i'm gonna do brett's lone wolf first because he gave me a note for it, and you guys are not going to believe who his lone wolf is. It is perfect. And it's annoying that he's not here to defend it, because I think it would have been even more perfect. But guys, Bert's got the Steelers. <laughs> he can't quit them. Why? Why? <laughs> haven't figured this out yet. Granted, he has them very low. He's ranked to this game a 4 out of 14 a possible 14 confidence points. And neither of us are 
super high on the Falcons. DP, you had them bubbling your top five just about. Mo, you've got them in the middle of the pack. But here is Brett Colson, uh, expert handicapper, disciple to the moose, DFS god. Here is Brett Colson's word-for-word reasoning on why he is laying three points once again with the Pittsburgh Steelers, who are, by the way, the only team that cost us a full point in week four. Steelers, shrug, full stop. Neither of these teams can get a stop, full stop. No conviction here at all, so I will die alone, peacefully, on my Steelers hill, full stop. And that's it. That's the disciple. Dying alone, Mo, on his Steelers hill. Yeah, why would this be the hill you want to go out on? (laughs) Imagine dying on a hill with a washed Ben Roethlisberger and idiot Mike Tomlin. I mean, okay, so there's one super important injury it looks like here, and that's Morgan Burnett. He hasn't practiced, and uh, his backup is their first rounder, something Edmonds. And according to PFF, something Edmonds is a complete and utter disaster in coverage so what are these falcons receivers going to do to this secondary um football outsiders somehow still thinks pitts d isn't that bad but my eyes tell me completely differently so um i think that this this reminds me of that the three-point line on that saints falcons a couple weeks ago where i said if you like the dog just take the money line and i think once again if you like the dog here just take the money line uh, can they even set this one the total high enough here by the way yeah who gets a stop in this game it is ab and juju versus the 27th ranked pass defense according to dvoa and julio and ridley against the 18th pass defense according to dvoa but as mo noted we think this Steelers secondary will end up being way worse than 18th once week 17 comes and goes. DP, you like the dog here even more. Tell us why. Yeah, I mean, I, I want to like him even even higher. Um, I actually, I initially pegged them as the first game that I really liked out of this whole slate. And then, you know, I just kept moving a little things above. So I was like, you know, am I, am I just being too reactionary to how the Steelers look? So I, I didn't want to go crazy. And then I also know that, at any given time, Sarkeesian can just totally screw things up, which gives me a little bit of worry here. Um, but, I mean, the Steelers have been starting off really slow in a lot of these games, and I think they're, they're coming up against these teams that they just can't come back against. And, you know, for me, I think that, like you mentioned, both of these teams have some pretty bad defenses, and there's going to be a lot of points. But the Steelers' offense doesn't look anything like it should look given the talent that they have. Big Ben just looks like he's slapping it out there and not really trying. Um, and that is really what worries me, is that if, if this gets into any sort of shootout, any sort of high-scoring game at all, the Steelers are just not going to be able to to put up enough points. Um, I mean, I, I, like you said, I, I like the Falcons to, to win this game if I'm going to be betting on it. And then just even to cover the three, I just, I just really don't think that it's going to happen. Yeah, the reason why I don't have more conviction in this game is because I don't think any outcome would surprise me. Two bad defenses, two offenses, which with Pittsburgh, in theory, should be able to move the ball with some great pass catchers and some great weapons. And if I'm sitting on my couch on Sunday looking up and there's a score on this game with a red zone alert from Scott Hansen, that any score, X to Z, would not shock me at any point in this game. And thus, I cannot have any conviction when picking either side. Let's go to DP, where we can um, uh, we can kick our heels up, sit back, relax, chill out with the audience, because DP has not one, not two, not three, but four, <laughs> four lone wolf selections. Two of them are on his card which joined the Bills split game, which was on his card. So DP, a very contrarian card this week. And we'll start with the highest. You are taking the four and a half with the Oakland Raiders going to StubHub Center here in Los Angeles. This is a weird one for me, DP. Tell me why you love the Raiders so much in the spot. 
So I'm just not that high on the Chargers at all is, is a big thing. I mean, I think that these both these teams are just not good, um, but I think that they're fairly even overall. I mean, I think that either of these quarterbacks can get hot, either of these teams can get hot. Both of these defenses just stink. And, you know, the Chargers' lack of a home field advantage, like even if I want to say like, okay, this line should be three, it should really be just two and a half because the Chargers have – zero home field advantage whatsoever and all the people from oakland just got to do is you know hop on the highway for a couple hours get down there to to los angeles and, and you know go make this a raiders home game which i think it's it's probably what it's going to be just given what we've seen for all the chargers home games this year um i'm not not that impressed overall with uh philip rivers i think Derek carr has it in him to you know like i mentioned to, to get hot um marshawn lynch has been running very well um i mean i know that uh burt seems to hate Melvin Gordon and you know, he, but he's been, he's been doing all right. But I mean, if you watch him with two eyes though, he doesn't look too great. It just looks like the holes are just absolutely massive. Um, so, I mean, yeah, I'm a little bit worried about this, this Raiders defense, but overall I think these teams are just, they're the same. So if I'm going to get four and a half, when I think that this line should be minus two and a half, you got to give it to me. So I'm on the way other side. And so is Brett. We both have the chargers in our top five. I actually really, the more I looked at this matchup, the more I, loved LA here it's a little bit of stock high stock low Raiders coming off their first win of the season and then the Chargers nearly losing outright to the Niners last week failing to cover 10 and a half which every dolt on human earth had some ticket some money line parlay attachment to the Chargers there uh, this game should be fun it should be Falcon Steelers light you've got the the Bolts who have the fourth ranked offense According to Football Outsiders, Raiders with the 26th defense. And then on the other side of the ball, Raiders ninth in offense, Bolts in 21st. But the thing that is really worrisome for me is that this Oakland offensive line could be in a bit of trouble. Right tackle Donald Penn was placed on IR this week, and left guard Kalechi Osemele has not practiced this week, which will leave some big holes in that Raiders front, and then it just comes down to whether or not this Chargers defensive line, which is still without Joey Bosa, can take advantage of that. Unfortunately, they haven't been great so far. 28th in adjusted sack rate, but man, I just wish we had Bosa in this game. I think the Chargers have a better shot of getting some stops in this game, and I honestly have no idea how the Raiders get any stops. So yeah, I like the, uh, the home favorite here quite a bit. Uh, Mo, you too, obviously, have the Chargers, but in the middle of your rankings, what's your thoughts on this game? Did Donnie just say these teams were the same? <laughs> one, of, one of these teams had, like, top eight talent coming into the season, and one of them had, like, bottom eight talent. So uh, I'm going to have to go ahead and disagree with that. Uh, maybe Derek Carr is just bad. Like, did you see those picks he threw against the Browns? Those were some of the absolute worst you'll ever see. Uh, I don't see the Chargers absolutely just letting them skate if they do that again. Um, I think, you know, this game opens seven. I'm a little more in agreement with that as far as where the line should be. Cap this at six. So I do think there's some value on the Chargers, but it's kind of an ugly number to lay. Like you're giving away all um, a bunch of the good points. Donnie definitely on the sharp side here. Fifty four percent on the Chargers. So Donnie rolling with the contrarian view. Your next highest lone wolf. You are again, uh, not again. Sorry, this time laying points with a home team. DP, I feel like you've had a renaissance with Marvin Lewis. You were in love with the Cincinnati team and you were happily laying six and a half with the Bengals at home. What you got here? Well, I mean, maybe I, maybe I have had a renaissance with Marvin Lewis. I mean, I I still think he's a disaster, but I, I I want to like this one even more. Um, I'm just a little bit worried with, with how much the public, I think it's 63% when I checked this morning are are favoring the, the Bengals here. Um, but uh, honestly, I think they deserve to be the seven or seven and a half. Um, it's it's really not so much about the Dolphins. I think the Dolphins are, are good, but they're not great. Um, I don't think that they're certainly as bad as they were last week when they played the Patriots and they just didn't show up at all. Um, but they also did, you know, beat a 
three bad teams uh, to start the year to go to three and zero. So I think you know they're obviously somewhere in the middle of that. Um, I tend to think that they're they're good, but I think this Bengals team is is really good. Um, they've been playing really well. They, uh, they get to come uh, at home uh, where they play even better than they do on the road. Um, I just I think overall the Bengals just have a, a lot of what it's it's going to be to be able to beat the Dolphins here. And I'm just not. I mean, once Tannehill gets in some some pressure, he doesn't really know what to do. He doesn't. He kind of he. I don't know if it's like panic, but he doesn't go through progressions. He doesn't. He doesn't seem like a good quarterback at all. Um, the way that Andy Dalton's playing, the way that the receivers are playing. Um, the way that these running backs are playing, even without Joe Mixon, I think are fine. Uh, defense, despite not being able to play defense in the NFL in 2018, um, are doing very well, and they're certainly going to give Tannehill on that offense some fits. I mean, Gates can only do so much with this Miami team with the talent that he has, but uh, I just really like the, the Bengals here at uh, six and a half. So I got to go first here because, again, I am the highest on the other side. The Dolphins, according to this line, the week five Cincinnati Bengals are just as valuable as the week four New England Patriots, which is a joke. This line is already at five and a half on Pinnacle. I think it's going to go down even further, which means we're going to get a point and a half, maybe even two points of value here. And this is going on while 63% of the public is lining up to bet the Bengals. So all of the sharp money coming in. On Miami. Coaching matchup tilted in favor of the Dolphins. I think Adam Gase has actually done a pretty good job with a very mediocre roster these couple of years. So I give him the hat the the hat tip there. I like this matchup for the Dolphins. Everybody gave love to the Bengals last week. They obviously were able to move the ball on the road against Atlanta, but they currently have the 21st pass defense according to DVOA. So I think even if they're able to get the ball rolling, the back door is going to be wide open for the Dolphins, who rank 13th in pass offense DVOA. Two things give me pause here. Cam Wake hasn't practiced this week, which kind of stinks for a pass rush that definitely needs a little bit of a wake-up call. And a little narrative here, a little Bill Lazor revenge game. He's the OC for the Bengals, former OC for the Dolphins. So this is a pure market play for me, but I think this number is way off where it should be, and I really, really like the Dolphins. Mo, what say you? Well, this was a tough one. Um, Football Outsiders still thinks Miami's defense is good. I don't, and I still don't see really any weapons on this offense that scare me at all, especially, like, I think you kind of need to exploit the Bengals over the middle. Their linebackers look to me like the weakness on this defense. That said, I I still think this line is a little too high um, until the Bengals show me they can stop someone. Um I really can't lay a big number with these guys. We've talked about in the chat how, you know, with defense not really being allowed anymore, it's it's tough to lay these big numbers. And this is a spot that I think reflects that. And I'm going to have to take the Dolphins, but, like, not loving it. Like, are we shocked if Miami wins this game? Nobody is shocked if you look up on Sunday and Miami has won. Nobody. This line's too high. Too, too high. Donnie's shocked. Donnie, Donnie is baffled. Donnie is sitting at GVR and shoveling Marlboros into his face. That's how shocked he is. Two more lone wolves for DP. These are low, so let's buzz through these. You have the Vikings, plus three. Four out of 14 confidence points. And then at the bottom, the stone bottom, you are laying the full touchdown with the Carolina Panthers. DPL let you tackle both of these games. Yeah, I mean, I think the Vikings are just the, the better team here. Uh, they didn't show up two weeks ago, then they ran into the juggernaut to the Rams last week. I think that even in that game, they still hung hung a bit. That offense can, can put up some points. The defense still needs to be worked out. But um, I think that three is too much here. And then with the Giants-Panthers game, my notes say, who the hell knows? So, yeah, let's just move on. Mo, I know you don't have them high, but I'd love to hear your thoughts on this Vikings-Eagles game. It, to me, is very Spider-Man, Mimi. It's two teams that were great last year and who, in 2018, 
we're not really sure if these teams are good yet, Mo. These team are these teams good? This this game on paper should be amazing, given last year, given that it's an NFC Championship rematch. But are are these teams good, Mo? Yeah, I guess we're gonna find out soon. Um, a couple big injuries here. Uh, Derek Barnett is out. Pretty important pass rusher for the Eagles. Or well, he hasn't practiced anyway. Um, and then I think the underrated injury, especially. Uh, from our perspective, Rich, is Dalvin Cook being out. Because we always say running backs don't matter, right? But Minnesota has been absolutely awful running the ball. And I think Philly is one of the teams you actually do have to run against because of how good their pass rush is. Like, you have to slow down this pass rush. And I think if you're, like, really unbalanced versus these guys, you're really in trouble. And it's a pretty big downgrade. I think if Dalvin's out of here, Latavius, he was okay last year, but I just don't think the Eagles are going to be worried about that at all. Um, on the other hand, you have rule of what I tried telling you guys, Narrativeville with Jacksonville. This is rule of the team had this game circled for eight months. So uh, Philly's going to be really drunk, and that's going to be obviously a tough environment for Kirk Cousins. So there's a lot of a lot of angles on this one, and I just didn't know what to do with it. Yeah, I don't know what either of these teams are. The the Cook injury, not only do running backs don't matter, but I don't know if they'd be able to run with Cooks anyway. Vikings last in rush offense, DVOA. Eagles third in rush defense. So that matchup seems like it'd be tilted in Philly's favor regardless if Cook is playing. The thing that... F- gives me pause here about the Vikings, even though they're getting extra rest, is this feels like the get-right game for that Eagles defensive line. They're creeping up in adjusted sack rate. They're up to 13th, and that Vikings O-line is 19th, and Cousins has been pressured on 42% of his dropbacks. He is under duress, seems like, every single play. So this could be a a, a real get-right game for that Eagles front that we thought was going to be excellent coming into the season. With regards to Giants-Panthers, <laughs> again, pure market play, but I in, in a week where I didn't have a lot of games that I could like, I got to like the Giants in this spot. Uh, the line is currently six on Pinnacle, so we're getting a full point of value, and it's a very key number of seven. 67% are lining up to bet the Carolina Panthers. I understand that the Panthers are coming off of a bye week, so they have extra rest, and that is key. Uh, and I know the Giants stink because <laughs> it's all over that last week, but I don't know. I just I just can't deny the number. And if there was any hope for the big blue defense, it is that Olivier Vernon is finally going to return this week. He's been practicing all week, and Eli Apple, who's missed the last two games, returned to practice on Thursday. Eli Apple. I people hate Eli Apple. I don't know. I, I'm seeing this narrative where people don't think he's good. Like, I don't know. He's a third-year cornerback. He struggled his rookie year when it's really hard to play cornerback in this league. And then I thought he was fine last year. So I think having him in the lineup is definitely a benefit. Another thing here, just like the Bengals, the back door is going to be wide open. Carolina 24th in in defense DVOA, 20th against the pass. So if Eli can somehow get the ball to Shep and OBJ, they should be able to score and hopefully cover that seven. Mo, what were you going to say there about my boy Eli Apple? Oh, yeah. I think he's considered to be quite bad. Yeah, I think he's fine. I don't know. He's passed the eye test for me. Uh, And your boy, Olivier Vernon, finally back, Mo. Yeah, on a team with zero pass rush, that's going to be pretty important. All right. I'll do my lone wolf, and it is as fishy as it gets. Two weeks ago, the pick that I gave out, the number one pick that I gave out, I said that your friend's going to roll over Sunday morning, probably hungover, maybe a pizza slice, chilling on their stomach. They're going to check their phone. They're going to see the lines. And they're just going to fire Packers plus, minus two and a half against Washington. And I love the slurs in that spot. Love the money bet line. They won outright. This week, that same dude, I think he's going to do the same thing. 
think he's going to roll over. He's going to open up his app. He's going to see that the Packers are only minus one against the Lions. And I hate to say it, but I have to roll with the absolute donk side in this game. I do not like being with 67% of the public. But how many times do we have to see this movie, guys? Wait, you did this? How many times do we have to see Rodgers play in a dome? Most notably, whatever dome Detroit is in, and absolutely shred the Lions. Rodgers has a 5-1 to one touchdown inter- to interception ratio in domes, a passer rating of 109. He's 6-1 and one on the road against Detroit. The only uh, I dis- didn't include the 2010 game. He was concussed in the first half, and they lost that game. So 6-2 and two if you include the game where he had his brain scrambled. But 6-1 and one lifetime on the road against Detroit. And the Packers, do they have a pulse on defense? 13th in overall defense, 10th against the pass. The obvious concern is we don't know who Rodgers is going to throw to yet. Uh, Devontae Adams downgraded from limited to did not practice on Thursday. No bueno. And neither Geronimo Allison nor Randall Cobb have practiced at all this week. The only positive here, and this is a very savage positive, but in the world of football, It can be a blessing. Uh, Geronimo Allison is in the concussion protocol, uh, and if he passes that, he will be able to play on Sunday. It's his first professional concussion. Um, So it's one of those things, I talked about it before, where this is really savage and inhumane, but once you pass the protocol, you're back on the field. There there are no limitations whatsoever. So, yeah, uh, I know we're losing weapons here, but I still love the GOAT on the road. I love the fish side. Mo, let me have it. Yeah, I can't believe you're doing this. Um, <laughs> man. Six and one in Dude. Detroit. He just owns this team. You know, you know what happens. You know what happens when Rodgers gets indoors. Something Scantling. Yeah. WR1. Valdez no. Scantling. Jerron, whatever the hell. Jeronimo Allison. Let's go. Warm bodies. We still got Jimmy Graham. We got Ty Montgomery. Why can't Ty Montgomery play this lot? Dude, uh, this is just a bad spot. Public all in. Rogers throwing to something scantling. Rogers hobbled as it is. Give me the Lions here. Wrong team favored in this spot. Six and one in Detroit. Rogers indoors. Come on. And those Rodgers indoor stats include Minnesota, too. So they're not too inflated. This was almost my pick. Oh, my God. I don't know if I could have stomached that. Where was DP on this contest? Wow, you have the, you have the Lions in your top five. Obviously, Mo has the Lions in his top five. But so does DP. DP on the sharp side. Staying on brand. I mean, this, this line's wrong. I... <laughs> Like most said, wrong team favored. I mean, it was this this line in, in your case, Rich was was to me a pick at best for you. I mean, I just I don't I don't see it. I, I understand you know Rogers against the Lions, Rogers in Detroit in that dome, um, but I think that you know the the Lions are turning over a, a little bit of a new leaf, and and just generally I don't think that Rogers is going to be the same Rogers. What new leaf? Twenty uh, eighth and pass defense DVOA. How's that leaf doing? Just just. Just let me, let me go with my thing, okay? Just just be quiet over there and let me do my thing. Something okay? pencil, whatever I want. Something okay. pencil with laminated play sheet can't stop a nosebleed. How's he gonna stop did, the goat? Yeah, the goat who's throwing to no one. They're gonna have to start pulling people out of the stands to play wide receiver over there. Good. I just, just don't think it's gonna happen. I just don't think it's gonna happen. And I mean, Rogers is, is still a little bit banged up. I know that he's still fine to to go out there and play quarterback, and he's still, you know. Way better than, than half the other people in the league, but um, I just don't think he's going to be the same old Aaron Rodgers that we've always seen. And I think that um, I re- just really, really like the Lions in the spot. I just really do, man. I, for one, am happy this will not be on the card. Brett obviously also had the Lions, but very, very low. Those are the Lone Wolves. DP is on Bengals, Panthers, Raiders, Vikings. Burt Minotti has the Steelers again and I have the absolute donk side of the Green Bay Packers 
You boys ready for the card? Let's go. Not a lot of excitement from the Galactus. No, I, I kind of feel this feels like disaster week. <laughs> okay, hold on. This is not disaster week, okay? This is a great week for us. All right. It really is. Brett, who for weeks now has been upset that his top picks have been getting sniped, he goes 4-1 and one in his top five last week, gets the first pick, and then, of course, gets six. So I have to deliver his pick. He has a consensus pick. He has a road dog. And, guys, we're going back into prime time, the prime time hammer. We've got the racial slurs plus six and a half in the bayou to take on the New Orleans Saints. Here is Brett's reasoning. I don't believe the market has adjusted to the true ability of the Redskins, the team I felt was the most undervalued coming into the season. They've had two weeks to prepare for this game in New Orleans. The Slurs pass rush is phenomenal and will finally give the Saints a test up front after facing the Falcons and the Giants. This is me adding to it two woeful defensive fronts. But this mostly has to do with the fact that this is a healthy Redskins team that is still much better than people think. The line movement reflects that. This is the right side. And to follow up on that, this is Rich speaking for Rich here. Uh, As Brett noted, the line is currently six on pinnacle with 55% of the public lining up to bet the home favorite, the New Orleans Saints, who in the minds of the public are back. They beat the Falcons on the road. They hammered the Giants on the road. And we all love this side. I had him in my top five. Mo had him in his top five. DP, you are the lowest. You had them close, middle of the pack. What are your concerns here, if any, on Washington? I mean, my concerns are are just basically that at any given moment, I feel like the Saints can just totally go off and blow doors, especially at home. And and I feel like there is, you know, while I am also high on the Redskins, and I do think that they're going to be undervalued in a lot of spots, I do think that they could throw a dud out there. So just that that risk factor to me, you know, made me lower them a little bit. Speaking of a dud, this is the same Saints team that almost lost outright to the Browns when Terod Taylor was playing quarterback, you know? So <laughs> we're not too far removed from those performances by New Orleans. Well, you obviously were high on this, had this on your card. What do you got on Washington here? Yeah, that's the thing. The Saints are just skating by against bad competition. Um, And they are. I think they're going to get a little bit of a wake-up call against a real team here. What what really concerns me for Washington is the play calling. I'm worried they're going to come out and plunge Adrian Peterson into the line when they absolutely need to just air it out against the Saints D. And I'm worried that they won't, and Alex Smith will not be taking enough shots downfield, which is really what we need. But despite those reservations... I do really like uh, the slurs here. Yeah, that's the matchup, right? Saints last in pass defense DVOA. Slurs fourth in pass offense DVOA. But Mo, the concerns that you have are almost, uh, we're almost safe because if they get into negative script, they absolutely have to start throwing the ball. So in the worst case scenario where the Saints offense gets rolling, the back door's open for us. Like, six and a half is way too many points. These teams are a lot closer than this. The market, as Brett noted, reflecting that, the line moving in the other direction. I mean, we could be living in a world where the Slurs are the best team in the NFC East. Like we said earlier, we're going to learn a lot, hopefully at least a lot, from that Eagles-Vikings game. Don't think the Cowboys are good. Don't think the Giants are good. Eagles underperforming. The slurs, the NFC East is for the taking. Also on the other side of the ball, the uh, the slurs are third in pass defense DVOA. So they can get in there and muck it up a little bit. And that defensive front, as Brett noted, could give the Saints some fits. Mo, you are up next. You had a 3-1-1 one one record last week. The same as Donnie and myself, but your overall record for the year is the strongest. So give us a road dog that we have been on for three consecutive weeks now. Who you got, Mo? Yeah, here we go again. Uh, it's time to sweat 
the Cardinals once again. It's not fun, but we have to do it. Uh, this is two horrifying offenses, except one actually has a good quarterback, and that's the Cardinals. Josh Rosen, man, he looks really good. Uh, on the other hand, the Niners have a coaching staff with half of a pulse, so that worries me. Whereas the Cardinals have, I'm not even necessarily worried about the head coach here because, like, I don't know enough yet. But man, Mike McCoy coordinating this offense. Holy shit, is Mike, he bad? Mike Wisenhunt. <laughs> uh, but on the bright side, their D actually has a pulse. Um, one thing that's really interesting for this game is the forecast calls for 14 mile per hour winds right here. And I think that greatly favors Arizona. They have a QB with a much, much stronger arm here. I much more trust Rosen to get the ball where it needs to be if uh, the conditions are bad compared to CJ Beathard. And um, I think if they call a somewhat sharp game, which again, this is Mike McCoy we're talking about. Uh, I don't see any reason Arizona can't win this game. This was a consensus pick. However, you were the only one that put it in their top five, and the reason I didn't is a reason why I'm surprised you didn't mention, and it's the first note I had in this game, in all caps, beware of public dog. Alarm bells going off, 64% on Arizona, and that number was as high as 70-something earlier in the week. That gives me... The heebie-jeebies, it really does. But like you said, the matchup in this game where there is a large discrepancy is the Cardinals' defense against this Niners' offense, particularly in the trenches. The Niners' 27th in adjusted sack rate on the line. The Cardinals' 6th in defensive adjusted sack rate. C.J. Beathard is reckless. We saw him play without abandon last week. And Mostradamus... We got something Mullins in the game, and I, I don't. I think there's a non-zero chance that something Mullins actually has a pass attempt in this game if Beathard keeps playing like the madman that he is. The other note that I had in this game, uh, injury-related, Joe Staley was hurt last week against the Bolts and has not practiced this week, which would be a big hole for the Niners there. I think the Cardinals are the right side, but I just I didn't have the intestinal fortitude to put them higher because the public was so far in their favor. DP, what do you got on this game? Um, much like you, I'm scared of a public dog. I really wanted to like the the Cardinals much higher, but uh, just got a little bit timid, a little bit gun-shy. Uh, call it what you will, but uh, I agree. I think that this is a really good spot. Happy that it's on the card. Somebody had the, you know, had, had the balls to put this on the card, and I didn't. So uh, thank you, Mo. I have a majority game, so... One of, well, I guess it could be Brett's Lone Wolf, the other side, but it is not. It is the other side of one of DP's Lone Wolves. And this feels gross. I don't love it. But in a week where I didn't love very much of anything, this was the one line where I thought it is just wrong. Multiple points incorrect. And that is why... At the top of my power rankings, I can't believe I'm doing this, we have Miami and the, Dolphins, the, greatest football team. the Miami Dolphins, plus six and a half. It's just too high. Way too high, guys. Should be four and a half, five. I'm taking the value, taking the points, putting it at the top, walking away. Go away, week five. I never want to see you again. DP, go ahead. I, I really don't know what to say. I literally just under my breath a lot of a lot of really bad words when you said <laughs> the Dolphins and played that music. So I don't I don't I don't know. I don't I don't like this spot at all, but who knows? I've no been known to be wrong many, many times. You guys are certainly much sharper than I am, so I guess go dolphins. Miami and the dolphins the greatest football team. I am three and one picking the dolphins this year. I will say that. Yeah, cool. You and T-Pain. <laughs> Mo, how are you feeling? Uh, I think there's value here. Yeah! I think we're getting a point here, but, uh, you know, one thing, that, one thing that does make me feel a little better is 
this is a rule of bet on the team that looked the worst last week. Yes. And nobody could have looked worse than the Dolphins looked absolutely waxed. And they were predictably, let's go. They were predictably the worst, right? We, we said it here on this very audio product that gets funneled into humans ears all across the world. Fake three and O team going to new England, new England, low stock. Like you could see that blowout coming from centuries away. So that that game should not adjust the line whatsoever in this contest, and yet it has had a massive impact in addition to Cincinnati winning on the road against Atlanta, a public team with a great offense that everybody loves. Line's too high. This is the right side. It's the only game I loved. We're moving on to a game that I wanted to love. DP, I wanted to love your game with all my fiber. You did it, DP. You took a home dog. You took a team near and dear to the collective heart. Tell us who you got, DP. I got the Cleveland Browns. I'm so happy that this is on the card. I love it. I mean, listen, we, 78% are on the Ravens. Uh, we got a home dog. The, the Browns are, they're like you said, a darling of ours. They're 3-1 and one against the spread this year. This is an extremely winnable game for the Browns. I mean, I think these these teams are much closer than, than this line. Uh, would would show us uh, this would be Ravens minus six on a neutral field Ravens my mi- Ravens minus nine at at home I just I don't see it I think that I think that the Ravens are good but I think that the Browns are they're certainly respectable and definitely decent this year um I think that they've just lost uh, you know some some close games um but every game has been decided by was it four points or less for for the Browns this year I think we're gonna get a really close one I would not be surprised in the slightest and I'm going to have some money bet line action rich play the sounder let's go how about that all the money bets all the money bet all of it all the units everything Mo this was your second highest pick so you are happy tell us why you are happy super happy um I flip-flopped back and forth for 15 minutes last night um trying to decide between the cardinals and the browns uh really 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 like both of these sides uh they're both getting good numbers and they're both in what i think are good spots and they both have a few points of value it was it was a really tough call uh so yeah this this makes me really happy uh I think this line should be close to a pick'em. Um, am I crazy if I say there's not much difference between these two teams? Not at all. Bob Scucci, bookmaker for all the Boyd properties worldwide, I believe, not just in Las Vegas, said that when their simulation machine ran this game, it spit out Browns minus one. I, I think these teams are basically even, um, and the Browns, to me, have the better quarterback. Uh, I one thing that really worries me is these Brown safeties. I'm really worried about John Brown beating them deep a few times. Uh, Carr had a lot of success throwing kind of downfield against them. Uh, 6.3 yards per play they gave up to not a great Oakland team. Um, what is this line if the Browns don't melt in that game? What if they don't go full Brown in that game? What is this line? It's and dead. then the Ravens also stock high spot after a nationally televised beatdown of the Steelers. So <laughs> that that's that's pretty much a big question I have. What would be this line if they don't go full Brown? But then again, do we ever have a guarantee that they won't go full Brown? That's right. This week? That's right. Like like you guys said on Tuesday, gotta just wash it off, <laughs> wash off the uniform. My four notes right at the top here: tailor made spot for the collective home dog receiving less than a quarter of the bets. Brown stock low after losing that ugly OT game to a winless Oakland Raiders squad, and then just like you said just now, Mo Raven stock peaking after smacking the Steelers in prime time. I did a bad job. And my own personal rankings, I did not have this game high enough. And you guys, had DP not put it on the card, you guys would have carried the slack. This was the most popular pick by the collective, receiving an aggregate score of 12 confidence points out of a possible 14. So good job, guys. Good job carrying me. 
could get some bad weather here too, which I think can help our cause. It's going to be this game, regardless of, I think it's going to be a total slugfest. Browns defense fourth in DVOA, Baltimore third. The biggest concern we, we've not mentioned and we should not gloss over it is that Jimmy Smith returns to an already stout Ravens defense. So this is going to be tough sledding. It's going to be a slugfest, but I think getting those three points at home is just too much value. What you got, Mo? Um, I was I, I was gonna say, d- does bad weather help us? I'm I'm not sure here, actually. Yeah, but, we we almost kind of want Baker to just go back there and shred, right? Right. Yeah, I think we're kind of counting on Baker having a big game. Um, I was I was super curious when I saw the DVO. How how are the Browns so high? I am very very surprised, given that they just got absolutely housed by this uh oakland team that just isn't that great well it's got to be week one right the fact that they went or week two sorry they went to new orleans and played really well i i almost want to say the word dominated new orleans at home yeah i'll play them for sure yeah so i think that's definitely affecting their rating and again with dvoa uh the defensive adjustments just started after week four and there's even though they're making the defensive adjustments, they are limited in sample size. So as the sample grows, but I think that game, and then, I mean, they intercepted Ben three times, four times week one, which I know the Steelers offense hasn't been great, but still that's definitely going to help uh, with their ratings. So the card so far, Burt put on the slurs plus six and a half. Mo put on the Cardinals plus four. DP put the Browns home dogs plus three. I put on the Dolphins plus six and a half. So four dogs as we head to the collective pick, which will be the lone favorite on the card. The collective chooses. The Houston Texans. As if one primetime game wasn't enough, we go to Sunday night football. We've got Monday night football. Now we have Sunday night football. We've got a double primetime hammer. We've got the Houston Texans minus three. I was the highest on this one. This one made my top five. It bubbled Brett's. It basically bubbled Moe's. And DP, you are the lowest on the Texans. DP, you've historically said... I feel like every season that Cowboys games for you are a nightmare. You flip coins, you often lose. Are you worried that we are fading the Cowboys on the card? Not, I mean, no, not really. So I really wanted to like this game. I, I did. I mean, I kind of felt like the, the line was, was short by a point or a point and a half. Um, but I'm honestly, I'm scared of the Texans. So I, I I don't think the so I think the Texans defense is getting better and better by the week. Um, I I don't really know how the Cowboys are going to be able to score, but I'm just worried about this Texans offense. That's where uh, you know I I get a little gun shy, and I didn't want to put this uh, higher than it was. So honestly, I just got a bit scared. Um, but uh, you know, like I said earlier, if if you guys are are happily to uh, you know to pull the trigger like Mo did with the Cardinals, then let's go. I'm I'm ready. I'm ready to get behind you guys. Two biggest things for me. One, it's moved to three and a half on Pinnacle. It's a massive half point move. And that is despite a slight public lean on Dallas. 52% of the bets are coming in on the Cowboys. The other one is Sean Lee has not practiced this week. And Cowboys brass have said, quote, they would be surprised if Sean Lee plays. Sean Lee is the heart and soul of the middle of that defense. That being said, my biggest fear in this game is the Dallas pass rush they're fifth uh excuse me fourth in adjusted sack rate houston is 28th on the offensive line in adjusted sack rate but it doesn't get much better on the other side of the ball in fact it gets a pinch worse for dallas 30th in adjusted sack rate on the o-line and houston is fifth when rushing the quarterback Jadavian Clowney and jj watt i was worried week two we saw Clowney out And I thought that what I said in week one was unfortunately going to be a prophecy. When I said in week one, this is going to be one of the few spots where you get to bet on a healthy J.J. Watt, a healthy Jadavian Clowney, and a healthy uh, quarterback 
in uh, Deshaun Watson. But we got another spot at home where somehow, Mo, somehow people think that these are equal NFL teams where Cowboys since preseason have to believe in our preseason read, Mo. This Cowboys team is dreadful, and this should be a beautiful spot for Houston, right, Mo? Yeah, the Cowboys suck. Um, I feel like the market is really overrating them after a couple of recent wins that just really don't mean anything to me. Uh, I have the same notes as you. Uh, this this Texans defense, um, you can pass all over them if you can block them. But Dallas is 30th in adjusted sack rate, and Dak and no wide receivers is a poor combination for passing all over somebody, whereas Houston can actually pass the ball. So we have two mediocre offenses. One of them can pass. One of them can run. I'm going to take the one that can pass. Uh, that being said, I do have to ask you guys, why don't we love the Jets? Nobody besides me love the Jets? Nope. Jets were, so let's get into it. Usually we have to cut this a little bit short because Brett has to go to work, but we can extend it a little bit and talk about the consensus picks that did not make the card. Let's start. Yeah, and none of us work, so. Let's <laughs> let's start with the J-E-T-S, Jets, 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 who you were by far the highest on, Mo. Again, they were a consensus pick, but nobody had them even close to their card. So go ahead, Mo. Why sh- why should we love the Jets in the spot? This seems like a gross spot for Gangry, even though what? we all picked them. This is the op- this is a dream spot. This is wrong team favorite, in my opinion. No, this is a dream spot, dude. It it couldn't be a worse spot for the Broncos. They're traveling cross country on a short week. Keenum versus the secondary. Keenum a pick machine versus this opportunistic secondary. Stock at the absolute bottom for the Jets after they just got crushed by the Jags and then waxed the week before by Miami. Dude, how did you guys miss this one? This is this is this week's Bears. I mean, really, this is this week's Bears. You guys... Jets offensive line versus that defensive front. Absolutely missing these dream spots, and it's starting to piss me off. Jets, I mean, Jets offensive line, 30th in run blocking, 21st in adjusted sack rate. I don't know how the Jets score consistently in this game. I don't know how either team really scores consistently, but... Man, I just I don't understand how you guys are missing these spots. You, uh, this is not you, a good spot. This is wrong you, team favorite. You see this is a cross-country trip on a short week, right? Sure, but I still think that the wrong team is favored here. No, this is, no. Jets should be minus two and a half. Quincy's banged up. He might not play. He's the total wet blanket for <laughs> Sam Darnold until... Jeremy Bates takes the training wheels off and actually allows the Jets to play a 2018 offense. I cannot lay one single point with them confidently at home. I agree. I think the Jets are the the right side. That's why I had to pick them. I'm forced to pick every game, but I am in no way confident in this Jets side in this spot, and I'm very happy they're nowhere near the card. Very happy. <laughs> Let's see what other consensus picks. Oh, the game of the week. We actually were a consensus pick on your Kansas City chefs, Mo. Everybody low, though. I think, yeah, I was the highest on the Chiefs. And the reason being is it's 2018. Offense trumps defense. And everyone wants to point to last week and say, see, look, Patrick Mahomes can be figured out. Well, that was on the road. This is at home. And the one thing people are ignoring are, yeah, the Chiefs' defense has not been good whatsoever. Uh, But what do we say about bad quarterbacks going into Arrowhead, Mo? What do they do? You've stolen all my notes. Uh, Like I yeah, rule of offense over defense. More predictive and more important. And then, yeah, we got a bad QB. Versus a drunk Arrowhead crowd. <laughs> this is going to be bad for the Jags, I think. But the, the, the um, thing, the thing that actually hurts people that want to back the Chefs in this game is, it's, and this is something I said about the Titans earlier, how the injuries have kind of forced them to funnel targets to their best players. 
what's going on there? I'm I'm hearing like boxes move and stuff. Mo didn't mute himself. <laughs> Oops. There we go. The uh, I think the injuries for Jacksonville, specifically the Leonard Fournette injury, are it may it may force Nathaniel Hackett to be smart and throw the ball more consistently, which is actually a negative if you want to bet the chefs in this side. You would kind of want them to actually run the ball more and be stubborn. Uh, but this may force Nathaniel Hackett to bust out that Patriots game plan again, which worked very well against a soft defense, which is and it's what they should do going to Arrowhead. But I don't know if they're going to do that. So I lean chefs in the side. What do you got in this D- match, DP? This DP, this could be the AFC championship game, right? This this could very well be the AFC championship game. So I I initially had this higher on my card. Um, I think that uh, the, the Chiefs are undervalued here, but I'm a little bit worried of them looking ahead to the Patriots. Only I, I just feel like that game is getting talked about a ton. The Patriots are. Why the would Patriots they look play. ahead to a worse team? I'm just just the, just the noise around it. I, I would agree with you. Yes, but I, I don't know how. You know, a younger, like a flashier team, I feel like they might get drawn into the hype a little bit more. And just everyone's already talking about it. Oh, yeah. Especially with the fact that New England played yesterday. So they're done. And and everyone, you know, that's focusing on New England kind of turning things around this season is saying, like, okay, the the next game is the real test when you get the Chiefs at home. And I just, I don't know if, if uh, it's going to be that way for the, for the, for Kansas City and that they're going to, I don't know, just kind of look past a bad quarterback and Blake Bortles and and a team that I think that they're going to win pretty easily against. I mean, if, if they get up any amount of points early, like they have been in a lot of these games, I just don't see where the Jaguars are going to be able to to put up points. And, you know, like Mo mentioned, the Arrowhead Stadium, that crowd, that atmosphere, I just I don't see it from the Jags. Jags have been they've been playing really well these past couple of weeks, but I think they're going to be due for a bit of regression. But Again, just a little bit scared that the Chiefs might look ahead to the next week's game just because of all the noise that's going on around it. I don't know how they'll handle that. If they handle it super well and they go in there and take care of business against the the Jaguars, I think it's going to really stick out to me in terms of just what to expect from this this Chiefs team going forward, that they really are able to nail things down week in and week out as opposed to getting ahead of themselves. This is a fun game. As they say, iron sharpens iron. I'm scared of the weather. Fourth overall DVOA versus third overall. What do we see in weather-wise? A little bit of rain. And the Chiefs have already had the dropsies in the past. They had the drops really last year in the in the in the playoffs. It really cost them the game against the Titans, I feel like. And uh yeah, uh could be a big factor here if people are dropping passes uh at a higher rate than even they already are. I I don't think the Chiefs are a team with a lot of great hands. The final consensus pick, which was nowhere near our card. This is phenomenal. We all picked this team, yet the aggregate score amongst the four of us was a 1.75 out of 14. Guys, we all laid the seven with the LA Rams. Mo, you did it. You clicked the massive road favored here, getting all of the action. But this line should be higher, right? Shouldn't this be closer to 10? I know I sound insane. But when are we going to start treating the Rams like Alabama, Mo? Yeah, I kind of feel that way too. And it's already 7.5 on Penny. Um, yeah, Luma's going to have to do a bang-up job for this to be a close game. Uh, to be... Oops. <laughs> I pressed I on the wrong tab. I meant to play this one. <laughs> Continue, Mo. Continue about... Yeah. Well, if Rams can cover, they will, right? I mean, why wouldn't they just make seven and a half here in the contest? I don't know, but I have to say, I will be in, a, in attendance at this game. Oh! So I'm, I'm probably just going to bet the home team. Let's go. Oh! The Clink! Very cool stadium right off the highway, downtown Seattle. And if if there was a game that they're going to get up, going to get up for, it would be this one. But man, this this Hawks team is just. Even if they get up for it, what are they? How, how are they going to get up for it? I mean, the heart and soul of their team was carted off in Arizona and flipped off the entire organization. You know, like, e and and Ewing theory. And if the back door is somewhat open, this Hawks offense is twenty seventh 
in DVOA. Brian Schottenheimer is a clown. Nobody can block. Seattle offensive line, and this is the real one, 31st in adjusted sack rate. We haven't seen this Rams D-line eat yet. We haven't seen Sue and Aaron Donald do what they can do. This might be the game. No KJ Wright for the Hawks. Michael Kendricks removed from the league for that insider trading thing. Like Everything, the sky is falling, and this is not just narrative. The, the sky is literally falling in Seattle. Like this line should be ten. It's going to be a three-quarter game for the Rams again. Like they, I feel like they have these every single week. The, when are they we play gonna, three quarters and then they all just sit on the sidelines? When are we going to start talking about Rams undefeated? When are we going to start talking about my fourteen to one? How good do we feel? <laughs> pretty, pretty good value. So I'll go through the consensus picks real quick. I'll rattle them off. Browns slurs. Texans, Cardinals, those all made the card. And then we had Chefs, Jets, Rams a fair bit lower. The fifth pick that made the card was my own. It was a majority pick, and it was the Miami Dolphins. Miami and the Dolphins, the greatest football team. Can Gary Gates finally get off my back, DP? I can't even believe you put the freaking Dolphins on the card here. Man, but, so much hey. value. So much value. Speaking of value, follow us on Twitter at GridironGamble. Again, please subscribe, rate, and review. It really helps us. Thank you to the SharpSide family. We love having them. We love their support. If you are an iPhone user, head to the App Store and download the SharpSide app. Follow these guys on Twitter at Donnie underscore Peters and at Mo Nuwara, N-U-W-W-A-R-A-H. Best of luck in your betting ventures. And Brett, I know you're listening feel better kiddo until next week peace out <laughs>